Excel. As always, I'm your host, Brandon Hoff, and today we have a special guest with us. Uh, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm David. Uh, I'm the host of Tuning Fork on uh, the Noise Space Network, and uh, I also do music as Spinning Voices. David, finally, you're on the show. Yeah. We've been talking about doing this uh episode for i think since as as early as december of last year um, it feels like a long time yeah yeah but um we're finally here and we're finally doing it uh david what are we talking about today we are talking about a game that is probably the nintendo game that i've played the most of uh even though i haven't played it in quite a while uh that would be mario kart 64 for the nintendo 64 Nice, nice. Um, Mario Kart 64 was released in Japan on December 14th, 1996. Came out over here in the U.S. uh, the following year in February uh, 10th in 1997. And uh, was produced by uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, but was directed by Hideki Kano. Um, David, what was your earliest memory playing this game (laughs) yeah so i didn't have an n64 when i was a kid because um we were we were a pc gaming house uh and like my dad always had uh a new a new computer for the family to use um we we had lots of dos games and windows 95 games at the time um and so having a home console wasn't really high on our list uh but I had a Game Boy. Uh, I got a Game Boy Pocket. That was my first one in 1996, um, which was also the year that the N64 came out in uh, in the U.S. And so uh, I had just kind of started to get my feet wet with uh, playing Nintendo games at this point. Um, we never had a NES or Super Nintendo. Uh, I only, you know, occasionally got to play those when I was over at friends' houses. Um, and so the N64, my, my friends, uh, my friend Andy, uh, got one, um, I think right when it came out and, uh, the, and so he had Mario 64 and I'm pretty sure he also had a couple of other like launch titles. Um, and then when he, he got Mario Kart 64. And so basically any time I went over to his house, uh, we would play that, um, and, 
Uh, so any anytime there was a birthday party, you know, we'd hook it up and have the four player uh, either versus mode or battle mode going. We we usually stuck with the battle mode for the most part, but uh, um, I also remember going to another friend's house uh, for a sleepover and he didn't own an N64, but his parents rented one from Blockbuster along with uh, Mario Party 1 and Mario Kart 64. And so that was that was uh, another uh, early Mario Kart experience for me was uh, just knocking everyone off the skyscraper <laughs> stage uh, constantly. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of us none of us were particularly good at it being, you know, seven to eight years old at the time yeah um i definitely like so our family like we we had a pc but we also had a super nintendo and i did not get a 64 until a couple years in into its life cycle uh but i knew kids around the neighborhood who had mario kart and i just remember going to this one kid's house i can't even remember his name but it would be the house that like every other kid in the neighborhood would go to because they knew <laughs> they knew that they, that they had a 64. Um, oh, hell yeah. And that was like my first exposure to Mario Kart 64. Um, and then one of my friends uh, that I became good buddies with over the years, uh, hey, Simon, uh, he had a 64, and so we would play Mario Kart a lot, and that was sort of my uh, earliest exposure was was to that game. Uh, was playing with just various neighborhood kids around uh, because they had 64s and we didn't have one, which is fine, you know, not a, not a big deal. But um, yeah, uh, so David, like when you found yourself playing this game, like do you have like a favorite character that you would pick or... Uh, I feel like I would almost always end up picking Toad, um, just because uh, I felt like I felt like he was the fastest at the time. That may not be actually accurate, but mm-hmm. um, it seemed like it was true. Uh, and you know, I, I was I was pretty good. Uh, like I was, uh, you know, pulling maybe second or third place uh, most of the time. Uh, obviously, the the N sixty four owner is the one who legally has to win. That's just how things work. <laughs> yeah. um, his, his house, his Nintendo. He he's the one who gets to win. Um, uh, yeah, so I always pick Toad, and Toad is interesting on this game because they hadn't quite picked what Toad's voice was going to sound like yet. Yeah, um, like this this game was uh, developed at the same time as Mario sixty four. So like. Um, the only voice I think that they had really picked out, uh, you know, permanently was Mario at this point, because Charles Martinet had been doing Mario for a couple years now at this point. He did Mario's voice in, like, Mario Teaches Typing on the PC and Mario's Game Gallery with, uh, like, the the Go Fish game. Um, and Toad, like, he sounds like, you know, just a little kid. Um, he, he doesn't, he doesn't quite, quite have like the high pitched gravelly sound to him yet. He doesn't go like, he, he, yeah, he just is kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm thinking about to all the times that somebody picked Toad, uh, and remembering that his voice was slightly different. Uh, yeah. Of the, because there's only eight characters, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would primarily go with Luigi because, uh, I mean, I just I really like the color green and he was just always <laughs> always my pick typically yeah. uh, also because somebody would already pick Mario. So it would be mostly Luigi. Um, I'm looking at Toad and he definitely so he was so there's three types of like character uh, that you could play like there's light medium and heavy and toad mm-hmm. was a light character and so you know based on the information i'm seeing it's saying that like lightweight drivers tend to have the highest acceleration and highest top speed of yep any other character so it, it totally makes sense to pick toad because he was probably going really really fast um was there ever a time where like somebody would pick toad and you would have to pick a different character or was like toad like you're just like you always got toad well like i feel like the because there were so few characters the the like race to pick your guy was a lot more intense back in the back in these days yeah um because everyone got to pick at the same exact time um Like the the first player would always be on Mario, the second player would always start uh, on Luigi being highlighted, and so on. Um, and so, uh, like, depending on which player you are, you kind of got the advantage to pick which character you wanted. Um, like, if you were the third player, you could pick Toad by default uh, because you're the one who had him highlighted, uh, and like. Sometimes if somebody else would pick Toad, I would like maybe go for Luigi or Yoshi, but I never wanted to pick the heavy guys because like I felt like I would always lose with them. Yeah. Um some sometimes I'd pick Wario just because I liked uh I liked his sassy voice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> he he kind of he kind of had a little bit of a higher pitched Wario voice in this game. Yeah. Um it's so crazy because, like, this was the first time that a lot of, like, besides, like, Peach and, like, Mario, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, a lot in Toad, like, they, it was, like, the first time that a lot of them had, like, voices. Yeah. Uh, which is really wild to me. Um, Yoshi was still talking in his, like, Super Nintendo sound effects, though. They hadn't picked a <laughs> voice for Yoshi yet. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. But I I think Yoshi was the character I chose the least. Uh, Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I like Yoshi, but it just never, never seemed to appeal to me uh, at the time. (laughs) Yeah. That was, uh, um, so this game has uh, four modes. It has uh, Grand Prix, which is sort of like, you know the mainstay of any Mario Kart has time trial um which for those who don't know is basically you just uh race for the fastest time and then like you can create ghosts to race a- against to mm-hmm. sort of beat those uh those times uh and um you would use a controller pack to save that ghost data um so uh, that would be the only way that you could save it. Uh, then there's versus <coughs> mode, which is basically just um, two or more players just racing on the on the courses of their choice. Um, 
and then uh, there's no set number of races, uh, and the points don't really signify anything. Uh, um, <clears throat> but uh, one thing I do want to point out is it, it says, you know, when two or more players are racing together, it says mini bomb carts appear on the courses. So, like, there's a chance mm-hmm. to, to hit those. And then here's a, the final mode that they had was uh, battle mode, which was for two or more players, which obviously, like, it's much better uh playing hell yeah uh with four people probably the mode that i played the most with people was was battle mode like would <clears throat> is that is that fair to say like did you do you feel like you played this more than like grand prix or like yeah races? yeah I, I would say so um the battle mode was still uh having looked having looked back a, a little bit on the super nintendo mario kart game super mario kart uh the battle mode was still technically the same as that game it was uh balloon battle um and there was specific battle courses for it you weren't on uh you weren't on the tracks it was kind of more of a an arena type thing Mm -hmm. um and i still remember the courses from this game for battle mode because i played all of them tons and tons of times (laughs) uh there's there's four of them there was big donut which is just a big circular one with lava in the middle um, and a couple of walls to block uh, to hide behind. Um, there is a block fort, which is um, four uh, like colorful block fortresses type uh, type of thing with uh, bridges between them. Um, there's double deck, which is uh, just like a like a vertically oriented. Uh, area of um, like flat areas with ramps in between them so uh, you could uh, be on the top level or the bottom level Uh, and then there was skyscraper which is like I think the smallest one uh, where you're on the top of a skyscraper and you can fall off either the the edge of it I think or the middle of it Um, Mm -hmm. and falling off uh, obviously causes you to lose a balloon and I feel like that one was the most treacherous one because the course, uh, the course could kill you just as easily as your friends could. Yeah, I'm um, looking. I'm looking between the the four courses, and it's like between skyscraper or big donut. I think those were the two that are like the most like user error. Like you could kill <laughs> yourself. Uh, yeah, not necessarily on purpose, but if you like drove into the middle or if you fell off yep. the edge then you would have a bad time. Um, sometimes I would, in battle mode, purposely off myself so that I could drive around as the bomb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because so- if you if you were playing with more than with more than two people, um, you would uh, the first person who got out would uh, turn into just a bomb on wheels, and you could drive around trying to chase people and and blow them up yeah and it was always fun the only problem was is you can only really do it you can only really do it once um yeah. and then you're basically just driving around as a ghost and that's really about it but man it would be so worth it to like <laughs> have your friends like screaming as you're chasing them around as a bomb like i i don't know i just i really enjoyed <laughs> that um the- I, I enjoyed uh I enjoyed like ambushing people uh and like waiting around corners for them. Oh yeah. Definitely like- I did I did my fair share of screen looking in <laughs> back in the day. 
Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, you're probably playing this on, like, CRT TVs. And, and like, unless you had a big screen, um, most of them were probably, you know, fairly normal-sized CRT televisions. And Mm -hmm. how, like, it would be so hard not to look at other people's screens sometimes. Uh, Yeah. So, like, and, I mean, you're a kid, so, like, you're, you're probably, like, more likely to look, so... I mean, it's it's fine. Uh, yeah. Of the four battle courses, which one's your your favorite? Uh, I think that double deck was my favorite, um, just because uh, block four. It's like it always ended up being like really uh, a, a little bit too easy to like um, to like hide from people, uh, and it you didn't end up getting a lot of. Uh, you, and I may this may have just been how my friends played it, but um, you ended up kind of splitting up and like staking out one of the blocks and c- covering it with bananas and stuff, and just waiting for people to come get you. Uh, and like Big Donut was uh, was fine, but you know you're just kind of driving around in circles uh, waiting to pass somebody. Um, but double deck, like, um, there's all sorts of corners to hide behind and being on different levels adds a whole other dimension to it. Um, literally. And, uh, <laughs> like if you, if you were on the top, you could like fire a red shell down at somebody who was on the bottom level. And yeah, it was just a really fun time. Um, and like skyscraper was also fun, but I feel like the, the increased, uh, treacherousness of just the course itself yeah. made it so that you didn't really have to try as hard. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think double deck was it for me. Yeah, I am inclined to agree. It's kind of between block fort and and, and double deck. Um, I know, like with my friends, like we definitely didn't stake out any sort of specific like uh, <clears throat> fort in the block fort area. I just know that it was basically just a free-for-all we would just (laughs) chase each other with items and uh constantly try to knock each other out and um you know sometimes people would hide but it was more like aggressive in in that way uh i definitely really like double deck though uh for the reasons why it's like it makes things a little more complicated and you can hide out and like you said like all the reasons that you said that like make it such a good level is probably like the best of of the four um it would be nice if like because i don't think i've seen any of these levels like reused in uh no like later mario karts like when they have battle mode and not all later mario karts do but like uh some do and it would be nice to see like sort of remade updated versions of of them in yeah, because because Mario Kart games use uh, old like Grand Prix and Versus tracks. Yep, um, they do like the Retro Cup. Like that's like a thing now. Yeah. Um, ever since Mario Kart Super Circuits, which just used all of the Super Nintendo tracks as uh, as cups that you could unlock, um, they've been you know including old tracks in the new games. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tracks, so. We have, there's four cups, and each cup has four tracks with a total of 16 tracks. So you have the Mushroom Cup, Flower Cup, yep. Star Cup, and then the Special Cup. Um, 
And, you know, we have like Luigi Raceway, Moo Farm, Koopa Troopa Beach, Calamari Desert, uh, Rainbow Road, Bowser's Castle, like just a ton of tracks, Wario Stadium, like a lot of cl- uh, tracks that people really deem classics at, at this point uh, mm-hmm. were, were from this game. Um, do you have like a specific cup or like a specific track that you like the most? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, uh, just because the tracks were the longest, we ended up playing the special cup the most, um, because, uh, and, and also because the, uh, the like hazards and stuff were kind of, uh, interesting there too. Yeah. Um, the, so the special cup, if I'm remembering right, that, that starts with DK's jungle parkway, right? Yes. Um, so it was DK's Jungle Parkway, uh, Chaco Mountain. Um, no, that one's in uh, the Flower Cup. So it was uh, Yoshi's Valley. I want to say. Oh right. And then yep. uh, Banshee Boardwalk, and then it ended with uh, Rainbow Road, which Rainbow is Rainbow Road. Yeah, yeah. The longest um, course in the whole game. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So the Special <laughs> Cup starts with G- DK's Jungle Parkway. Um, and that one was always cool to me because like, uh, and this kind of applies to the whole game, but, um, as compared to, uh, the super Nintendo game, um, the tracks are a lot less flat and, uh, obviously they're less flat because it's actually 3d and not just mode seven, uh, graphics. Um, but, uh, like there's hazards in in DK's Jungle Parkway like there's the big jump over the boat which i thought was always super cool and there's uh like i don't know what they are but they're like uh they're like balls that are thrown at you from off the screen to bounce <laughs> yeah. back off onto the road uh if you're if you fall off they look like durians or something like that <laughs> um and Yoshi Valley like uh, it's not just a straight track all the way through. There's different ways that you can go through it, uh, which was funny because the N64 couldn't co- compute who was the furthest at any given time. Yeah. Um, it just had question marks uh, <laughs> and it couldn't figure out uh, where you were. Um, Banshee Boardwalk uh, was kind of a rehash of the ghost tracks from Mario Kart, from Super Mario Kart, but uh, um it was it was interesting too because of like the bats that flew at you and uh and like there's a whole bunch of boosts and jumps and then rainbow road is super long uh and i was actually kind of sad that uh in mario kart 8 when uh they rebooted the n64 rainbow road they didn't keep it as one big track they split it up into sections rather than doing the whole track three times yeah um it's like, but it's like a two and a half minute long uh, track, which may be one of the longest tracks in all of Mario Kart uh, to date. Um, and it was, it was uh, not quite as hazardous as other Rainbow Roads are in other Mario Kart games because there is like a wall all the way through it. Um, but like the the chain chomps that run down the road are 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 cool. Um, and I always liked the uh, the neon lights in space that you drive by. Uh, I always thought that was interesting. And um, yeah, so 
I think I think the special cup overall was was my favorite from this game. It's definitely a really really good cup, and like thinking about it now, like I think this particular like Rainbow Road really sort of like set the standard for like all future Rainbow Roads within uh, the Mario Kart like franchise, um, and yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree uh, because like. When it comes to, like, the fact that instead of doing it three times, it's just sectioned off in Mario Kart 8. Um, it looks better in Mario Kart 8, but it doesn't have that that feel to it. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel as huge as it, yeah. as it once did. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really like, uh, like, Toad's Turnpike, I thought was really interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, it was, like with all like the the trucks and stuff and like stuff that you could hit and it would just make it this really anxiety inducing uh oh yeah it was mayhem (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but definitely one of my one of my favorite uh races was was on that track and then i i really like wario stadium as well and so god uh it's nice to like see some of these like come back uh in later like iterations of of mario kart uh i have a story about wario stadium actually um my my friend my friend matt uh who i grew up with um we we played mario kart 64 well into our well well into our teens uh together because he kept his n64 for a very long time and uh he eventually figured out that uh in Wario Stadium, that's like one of the it's one of the tracks where you can like be the meanest to your opponent um, if you're like looking at their screen because it has a jump in the middle that actually goes over a different part of the track. Yeah, and so if you manage to like strike somebody with lightning as they're going over that jump, they lose like half the track <laughs> worth of distance, and so they end up being like almost like 40 seconds behind behind you uh, oh, in no. that case oh no and so he would do that to me every single time and I'd always be so mad that is uh, a real i feel like this also like particularly like even more so than than super mario kart like really started like the use of items like became more intense uh yeah like you said like with the like you know, using the lightning bolt and like, this was also the introduction of the, uh, the blue shell, the, the spiny yeah. shell, uh, which would always target first place and take. And I think in this game, it would hit everybody else as it went past too, if they were in the way. Uh, yes. Cause uh, it stayed on the ground. Yeah. So it was a hazard pretty much to everybody. Uh, but especially to, to, uh, first place and yeah um, and the and the and the you got hit animation in this game is just so long uh like it it shaves off probably four or five seconds every single time you get hit by something yeah and if you're like racing against your friends and stuff and like they're just gonna keep going and it's really hard for you to you know uh get back up once you got i feel like in later games it's not as bad like getting hit by the spiny shell like you 
<clears throat> get hit, but then you're kind of able to kind of just get right back into it. And even in like Mario Kart yeah. 8, it, with the with the horn, now you, you're able to like block it. Uh, yeah. But no, I feel like it was like if you got hit in Mario Kart 64, you're basically like you're done. <laughs> like I, you're I, it's at a, a very very solid disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. Like it'd be a really hard uh, recovery from that. Uh, but this game also introduced a, a couple other items too, like the the super mushroom, uh, which mm-hmm. let you uh, boost a, a little, like like quite a bit before it would go away. As well as like mm-hmm. it introduced the the fake item box, which if you wanted to uh, to troll your friends, uh, <laughs> is a really good way to do that. Uh, and then it also just had like you know bunches. So like the triple green shells, triple red shells, and you know, like the banana bunch, those were like the new sort of iterations of that. But otherwise, they had pretty pretty much the standard, you know, fair superstar thunderbolt, red green shell, mushrooms, yeah. all that stuff. The uh, gold mushroom was, or the like the the gold mushroom, or the like the whatever the mushroom is that you can hit multiple times. Yep, I think was introduced in this game too, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and uh, I mean. Definitely, I remember using the fake item box a lot just to get people. Uh, it, in this game, it looks like almost exactly the same as the regular one. Like yes. they're the same colors, and you, because the screen was so small at the time, you couldn't really tell that the question mark inside it was upside down uh, until you got like too close for it to matter. And so, yeah, you'd hit those all the time, especially if people like figured out where to leave them so that they looked real. Yeah. Yeah, and it was always I always remember like I would leave them typically with other items uh and that's how mm-hmm. I would get people. Sometimes like I had a friend who would just like hold on to it and then like right at the la- if he knew somebody was coming up to him, he would like just <laughs> drop it right as like they were coming up and that would really ruin yeah. his days. Um that's my strategy now. Like if I get if I get one of those items like a like a green shell or a banana, I'll just yep. hold it behind me so that it like it blocks whatever is coming at me. Um I guess like do you have like a favorite item or like are you like are they all just like oh they're just items like I don't really Uh in this game, um I don't know I don't know actually, but I do have a lot of uh a lot of funny memories attached to the the golden mushroom uh or the soup the like infinite mushroom yeah just because um just because the the sound effects for the character would play every single time you activated it and so you know if you're playing wario and you're hitting the button over again it'd be like here i here i ah, ah, here i here i ah, 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 here i here i here i go that's so good that's so good. The sound, the sound design in this game too is also really good. Uh, yeah. Like, um, do you have any like specific like soundtrack? Like, are there any like songs that you like think about a lot? Like w- when you think about this game, I really like the Toad's Turnpike theme. Um, I, that one was always really cool to me. Yeah. Um, with kind of the the arpeggios that go up and down the it kind of kind of had uh, added to the feeling of like driving through a busy freeway at night. Yeah. Um the Rainbow Road soundtracks are obviously always great. Um the 
and and anytime I hear like the the Luigi Raceway or like a Royal Raceway theme, um, that just always brings me right back because that's always the first the first track you hear when you play the game for the first time. Yeah. Um, so like when they brought back that uh, that track for I think Double Dash uh, was when they brought it back um, as one of the bonus tracks that that got me right in the nostalgia bones. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nice and, and yeah. What about you? Um, I think about <laughs> I think about like Moo Moo Farm a lot. Uh, yeah, that's that's one that gets stuck in my head. Same with uh, the the track for Sherbert Land and mm-hmm. like uh, Calamari Desert are like the ones that that tend to stick out to me. Same with also like Koopa Trooper Beach. Like I don't know. I I really <clears throat> excuse me. I really like that one. Uh, Lots of steel drums in that one. Yeah, a lot of a lot of steel drums. I was reading up on like what they what they used to make the soundtrack, and so like they for instruments, all they did was they used samples from like a Roland sound canvas. Uh, okay. Module. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so like, and that's the thing too is like, I feel like this soundtrack's really, really iconic. Like I feel like. Uh, people talk about uh, the Mario Kart 64 like soundtrack uh, a lot when they when they think about Mario Kart. Uh, or I feel right. like I feel like I just I hear it a lot in in like videos that I've watched on YouTube and stuff and just like all sorts of stuff. It like it it seems to keep coming back up like more so than maybe other other yeah soundtracks in the within the series. But it's it's. It's definitely really good, and uh, it it seems to uh, to to last. Um, definitely you... a choice. A de- <laughs> it was definitely a choice they made to to stick <clears throat> with um, to stick with cartridges for the N sixty four, even though like disc based um, consoles had been out for a couple years now at this point. Yeah, and so they couldn't they couldn't use like CD quality music. Uh, no. based on that choice like so if you play like uh the n64 version of tony hawk's pro skater or whatever you know those games were always known for having great soundtracks and uh the n64 version it's down to like maybe five or six songs just because they couldn't fit as many on the in the memory of the of the I, game i um, i remember that because i i had a i had tony hawk's pro skater 2 for 64 and yeah, yeah. I would always hear the same, like <laughs> the same, like four songs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of sad, but yeah. uh, but also like it made like the the Nintendo like first party games have that really kind of unique sampley sound to them um, that was kind of lost when they moved to the GameCube. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely something like. The music is definitely something I think when I think about the Nintendo 64 uh, in general, it's like I definitely think about like the music that was attached to like the games like Zelda and like Super Mario 64 and like Banjo and like Donkey Kong 64, which was (laughs) something else. Um, This game also like had a bunch of like... uh, I think more so than Super Mario Kart, like it, it started to really inter- introduce more like obstacles and like enemies and stuff. Uh, and yeah. so like you would see like 
those uh you know like monty moles and like cactuses and there's like bats and there's like crabs on like the beach level and i know in yoshi's like valley there's that giant egg you know sherbert land the the train that goes through calamari (laughs) desert that you have to wait for yeah which (laughs) what is like what a way to like really slow things down just be like oh here's here's a train that's gonna like just come through real quick like you're just gonna have to wait like you would in real life (laughs) yeah it also made you know some drama like if you managed to be like the one person out of your friends who skipped past the train just as it was about to go through yeah and everyone else got stuck behind it yeah because they like what are you gonna do go around you like you can't go really go around it like uh, no without getting off course uh yeah and um like if you're playing like a medium or heavy character like you can't like drive off course necessarily because it's gonna affect your vehicle uh yeah you'll get stuck real quick (laughs) yeah so um and then yeah like so many like i feel like more so than super mario kart like this is like when it definitely like things got real because of like you know like like you said like the chain chomps on like rainbow road and stuff and like never mind the fact that you have your friends like trying to like throw items and stuff at you you also have like all these added obstacles like yeah the one that i think about the most is like the giant egg in uh in, in, yoshi, in valley. yoshi valley yeah yeah because like because like if you're unfortunate to get hit by that then it'd be kind of like getting hit with the the blue shell because then you'd be you would just it would knock you back a little bit and you would have uh just have a kind of a bad time uh in regards the the there was an animation for some of the things in this game where you like would get flattened by something yes and like you would slowly drift down to the ground like a piece of paper and you just have to sit there and wait for it yeah um so like i think maybe the egg did that and i know that the the thwomps and bowser's castle did that Mm -hmm. um they would flatten you in that way and that was always super annoying yeah uh and that's the thing too is like the recovery time would yeah. just be abysmal. So that's why it's like you wouldn't be able to really, uh, if you're in first place and it knocked you back a couple places, you'd be, you'd have a really hard time trying to catch up. Um, yeah, you'd have to pray for some good items. Did you, so when was the last time you, you've played this game? Like, has it, been, has it been, a, you said it's been a while? Like, it's been a couple years. Uh, I, I have it on Virtual Console for the Wii U. Okay. Um, and so I introduced the game to a couple of friends of mine who were born after the N64 came out. Um, and so they didn't grow up playing it the same way that I did. But yeah. the battle mode still like translates super well to people who are younger. Um, like the courses themselves aren't as good, uh, compared to later Mario Kart games anymore. Um, like they're not quite as exciting and it seems like not as much is happening. Uh, so like now when you go back to Super Mario Kart, it seems like nothing is happening. Yeah. Um, you're just driving. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like the battle mode's still super solid. Uh, and, um, I still really like it. Uh, it looks like shit on modern TVs, though. Yeah, I... It's it's really bad. But, like, I remember, like, when I first saw this game, like, because the characters were sprites, 
Um, I like, and I didn't know that at the time uh, because you couldn't really tell yeah. on on the TVs at the time. But this game, like, was the most like awesome looking game I'd ever seen. Like, the characters were so smooth and realistic, and like Toad's head is perfectly round. I don't know how <laughs> they managed to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was I was gonna say because I wanted to talk about sort of like the the aging of of this game and like i i it's been a while for me too but i remember one of the last times i played it i was over at my cousin's house and they had a 64 you know hooked up to like a bigger flat screen tv and yeah yeah, you can put it in like the aspect ratio but it that's only going to help it so far and like it's it's unfortunate like unless you have a crt tv Mm -hmm. that a lot of games from this this era uh are you know unfortunately like they don't look <laughs> nearly as good yeah and they just that, don't look right because yeah. they were they were designed with uh, you know a certain tv in mind like and, and there's been posts about this recently like on twitter and stuff where people compare like how something runs in an emulator versus how something would look on an actual CRT and like Super Mario RPG, for example, where all the characters were pre-rendered. Yeah. Um, like that looks really bad in an emulator, but you know, they, they look almost like 3d models. If you're playing on a, an old blurry CRT where the pixels, uh, where, where the pixels blur together like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, the thing is, is I still had a lot of fun playing it despite the fact that like it from a, like, graphic standpoint has it aged well i think it's still a very fun game uh one game that i hear people play a lot is uh cario mart where they have to uh you have your alcoholic beverage of choice and you have to finish the beverage before you finish the race and if you (laughs) if you uh you so you have to drive obviously right yeah but if you want to take a drink you have to stop so, oh. like, the incentive is to, like, drink it as quickly as you can and then, like, finish the race. But, like, it's it's a fun drinking game, but, like, it can get pretty, pretty wily because, like, you have to decide, do I want to try to get as far ahead in the race as I can before I do my drink or should I do my drink <laughs> now? You know, like. Yeah. It's just totally- down it immediately at the start of the race and just sit there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, there is some strategy to it, but it's, I don't know. That's, that's a game I hear a lot about and (laughs) like I've played once or twice and it's, it's fun. And, uh, also like this was the game that this was the first game with, with Donkey Kong in it because the other one had Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was, what's funny though is like, so donkey kong's noises were like these like monkey like ape noises were they right like he didn't have really like he didn't have like a voice yeah no i think i think it was just kind of yoshi style they they just sampled uh they just sampled some (laughs) ape noises and put them in different orders for all of his all of his sounds yeah and to me like i'm just i'm thinking about right now it was extremely extremely funny to me because like that's not like i don't know that's not even like how he sounded in like dk64 like he actually had like no a voice 
Uh, and so that, that game came out like like the next year after this, right? Uh, yeah, I want to say like ninety, like ninety eight, ninety nine, around there, yeah. roughly. Uh, so not too much after, although they wanted you to use that uh, expansion pack. <laughs> um, which by I the way, I think by Super Smash Brothers, he definitely had like an actual voice actor. Oh yeah, definitely. Because uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine like. If they just reused those like, uh, those monkey like ape samples for that game, yeah, like just what he would sound like, uh, I I don't know, man. Uh, Bowser was similar. Like they just kind of had a couple of roar sound effects, and they and he didn't have anything that he actually said. It was just like, <laughs> which is really really good. Uh, <laughs> And I think, like, even, like, Peach didn't have much to say either. Mm-hmm. I think it was more, like, uh, I don't even remember if she had any, like, key phrases or anything. Uh, she said, yeah, Peachy's got it. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> um, Yeah, but, like, uh, I feel like this Mario Kart, more than anything, be, like, really set the tone for how future Mario Karts would be. Uh, uh-huh. And I think, like, its legacy, like, holds up in that regard because, like, you know, this was the thir- the first, like, 3D Mario Kart uh, battle courses and it had, like, battle, like, it was more, like, a little more thought out and, uh, yeah. you know, it has, it started some mainstays, like the spiny shell and, like, I don't know, like, it, it, it's, people really like this Mario Kart, like, I'm looking at, like, from a critical standpoint, like, when it came out, like, a, most people gave it, like, roughly, like, a 9 or an 8 out of 10, although somebody yeah. from GameStop gave it a 6.4, which is, like, crazy <laughs> to me, uh, so, and they said, if you own a Nintendo 64, you're probably going to buy this game whether or not you read or heed this review. After all, there aren't really a lot of N64 games to choose from, and it is a <laughs> Mario title. Uh, N64 but- <laughs> has no games. Yeah, which <laughs> is funny to me to think like that that was, like, at the time, like, that was the the notion of at least for this reviewer because like that's not i mean i when mario kart 64 came out there was maybe not a lot of games but there were there were plenty um yeah that you could still choose and play from uh how do you feel like now that i think about like there was another racing game so like diddy kong racing came out roughly yeah uh but that one just doesn't seem to hold up as as well as as this one. Like, did you ever play Diddy Kong Racing? I didn't, and I never played like uh, I, I I didn't really play any other like uh, like mascot based racing games. Like, I never played Crash Team Racing or yeah. or Sonic R or any of those. Um, yeah, it's pretty much just Mario Kart. Yeah, what do you like? Because that's the thing. Like, I know so many people and like Mario Kart's one of the like best selling <clears throat> like games of all time like in in general uh yeah. like as a as a franchise 
Like, what do you think it is about Mario Kart that, like, gets people so hyped up? Like, why do you, like... Yeah. Why, why do you, I feel why like... Why do people g- gravitate towards that more than, like, any other, like, racing game? Yeah, like, obviously the characters, I think, have something to do with it. Sure. Just because Nintendo has put so much time and energy into making these, like, the iconic characters of their company. Not just of, like, not just of, like, a series or anything, like... No, nobody says like, "Oh, Crash Bandicoot is like the character that's representative of Sony or anything like that." Um, it's, just, it's like Mario. Mario equals Nintendo, and if you have a Nintendo console, you have the Mario games. Yeah. Um, and also, I think just the just the loop of like the uh the item boxes is always really fun like there's that element of kind of random chaos that goes into it where even if your friend who is like super super good at just the main mechanics of the game like the driving and turning and stuff um they won't always win just because there's that there's that element of uh of randomness to it that um, I think really uh, kind of sets it apart. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, I know, like, so many people who are either, like, casual gamers or, like, people who, like, don't even really play that much video games, uh, if at all, who always seem to be really down to play Mario Kart, uh, and it just seems like a really perfect like party game uh mm-hmm. which um yeah I like mean, even more so than smash or uh or mario party like smash uh there's the even with the n64 smash like there was a skill gap that could very rapidly be uh that that could very rapidly become unreasonable yeah yeah <laughs> like your friend your friend who who always picks link could always like <laughs> destroy you uh like bring you from five stock to zero in like two minutes or less uh but it and like but mario kart the the games are more they they last longer um and yeah there's just always that that chance that off chance that that you could be the person who who pulls it out in the end yeah yeah which is which is really nice and i will say like in the later Mario in Mario Kart Eight, uh, for the Switch, there is like a, a kind of an assist mode. So like if you're playing with like younger kids and stuff, like if they have that on, it makes it harder for them to it it, it course corrects <clears throat> them. So it's kind of nice. Oh yeah, to the like, the antenna. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Like, <laughs> so they're not able to fall off the track, which is, which is nice. Uh, yeah. For, for them and. I, I like to call it the the little brother mode, uh, but it's <laughs> it's it, yeah. it, it's it's a nice thing to have, especially if you're playing with younger players, so that they don't necessarily feel like you're just beating them outright. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, what uh, like do you did we cover everything that you wanted to talk about for Mario Kart sixty four? Did we miss anything or did you did you play a lot of the time trials mode when you were a kid? Um, I. I did not. Uh, I think, in in terms of like modes, that is usually the one that I play the least. Uh, yeah, me too. Like, I was never all really, really all that interested in like 
finishing a game fast or speedrunning or anything like that. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, speedrunning wasn't really a term back then, but um, I one thing about the time trials mode in this game is that the 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 data the ghost data would just not save if you hit one of the hazards in the course <laughs> um like you would you would like if you're on rainbow road you hit one of the chain chomps and then a message would immediately show up that said race data cannot be saved for ghost and oh, so you're no. like well i guess this run is just dead now so i guess i'll have to restart <laughs> that's wild to me like i mean i, I get it because like they don't want you to set it up and be like you create this ghost and then you're able to easily beat it like so i yeah. i get it but at the same time like come on now like just yeah the controller pack on the N64 is just such a weird thing too like because i i don't know if it was like a cost saving thing because you know the cartridges have the ability to have built in save ram um so like you you don't have to save things to the controller pack um if the if the cartridge is built with the save ram in it but like for certain games for the N64 like i remember the the 2000 Spider-Man game um the Neversoft one uh you you couldn't save unless you had a controller pack and um that was just such an odd hardware thing to me with the N64 and like the rumble pack always was like this is the thing I want to have in my controller. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have. I don't want to have a a thing that's hogging up the the Rumble Pack port when I could have my my controller be shaking or shaking and shimmying around. <laughs> I highly agree with that. Like, it's it's unfortunate. Like, I had to. So I I, f- I got an N sixty four for Christmas, and I was able to get one of my f- my favorite games, um, Mystical Ninja uh, sixty four, starring Goemon. Uh, I love that game, but you need a controller pack. So I had a I had to buy a controller pack just so that it could save. And it's so weird because it's like not like like you said. Like there's plenty of there's probably plenty of space within the cartridge to save the game. But I needed a controller pack. And I remember I used to rent that game as a kid, and we didn't have a controller pack. So what I would do is if my like sister wanted to watch TV. And ultimately, like, this is what sucked is I'd, I'd have to turn the... I would leave the 64 on just so that I can, like, continue my progress. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, like, the, the the only problem was is, like, it would cause the TV to, like, be fuzzy because the system was on. <laughs> uh, yeah, the interference was yeah, messing with it. Yeah, the interference was messing with it. So I end up with having to, like, turn it off. But yeah, it's just it's just such a it's so weird because like the Super Nintendo n- didn't have anything like that. You, no. Like all the all the games where you could save, it was just right on the cartridge. And yeah. uh, like you know, there was only a couple games where you could actually save on the NES. Uh, but that that's a system where you know, in order to beat the game in more than one day, like like you said, you just have to leave the console on and. Uh, you know, you you would uh, leave it on the end screen to until you uh, invited your friends over and be like, "Hey, look, it's Mario sleeping. I, I beat <laughs> Super Mario Brothers two. Yeah. It says the end in in cursive next to his face. That means I beat it." <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man, just I feel like 
if you haven't played Mario Kart 64 and you've played the other ones and you want to like I think it's worth like re like visiting just to see like yeah. kind of what the sort of like where the game came from essentially it'd be nice if Nintendo let you play it <laughs> oh yeah there is no right now there's absolutely no easy way to play yeah. this game unless you have a you have to have a Wii you have to have a Wii U uh or or you have to have a Wii that already had it downloaded before yep. the eShop went down. Yep. Which is extremely unfortunate. I'm really hoping that Nintendo can like just give me and this is what I was saying on the on the episode that I had Will on was just like there's no easy way right now to play basically anything that's not uh sixty four GameCube or Wii uh that isn't already like remade on the switch like which is extremely unfortunate so um but if you have access to mario kart 64 i highly encourage (laughs) that you play it or at least check it out just to like get the the history of it um and you can like kind of see i think the the best mode obviously is going to be battle mode of of any of the other modes like in the game like that's the one that seems to hold hold up the most uh and it's just also always super fun to play um but yeah that's that's essentially that's mario kart 64 uh so david thank you so much for coming on to uh new nintendo podcast uh xl uh i'm glad that we were able to finally do this uh as you've had me on two of your podcasts now uh (laughs) so yeah um, it's it's nice talking to somebody who is basically exactly the same age as me about about Nintendo games because everyone I feel like has different Nintendo experiences that are yeah. very tied to like the the years that they grew up um and so like you know everyone everyone who's younger who's a little bit younger than us they ma- they mainly remember GameCube yeah. um and everyone who's a little bit older than us remembers NES and Super Nintendo the most but yep. like the N64 like for people who were born in like 1988 to 1990 like that's that's the big Nintendo console from grade school that you remember the most I feel oh, like absolutely absolutely it is the one that I think about the most uh it is uh in terms of like nostalgia like I definitely yeah. have the most nostalgia for probably the 64 a little bit of Super Nintendo cuz like when I was really young, like we had a super Nintendo in the house, but like, yeah, no 64 was like that in, in game boy. Like those were the two sort of like, yep. Systems that I was like really obsessed with, especially around that age. Um, David, uh, if people want to find you and find your work, where, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter, unfortunately, as we all are these days. (laughs) Um, at at Dave's with three V's. Um, that's uh, where I post mainly, uh, as well as that is that being the Twitter for my music, which is Spinning Voices. You can find my synth pop chiptune music at spinningvoices.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'm just about to announce a new thing uh, tomorrow, actually. Uh, that the day that we're recording this it'll be tomorrow uh june 14th uh when i'll be announcing a new thing 
Um, and I do a podcast called Tuning Fork, which I mentioned earlier, which is on uh, the Noise Space Network, which is uh, owned by my friend uh, Matt GameCube. Um, Tuning Fork is a show that I do with him, actually, uh, which is about uh, music and the Pitchfork Media Hype Machine. Uh, Brandon has been on it to talk about uh, Grizzly Bear previously. Um, that was a super fun time. And uh, yeah, we just pick an album that was kind of formative to us uh, that Pitchfork either loved or hated and kind of go through it and talk about it. Highly, highly encourage you check out uh, Tuning Fork. I had a really great time on that episode uh, as well as like, uh, I want to say one of the, the latest one, the Unicorns episode uh, just yeah. got me extremely nostalgic and I immediately <laughs> started listening to the Unicorns like a lot after yeah uh so like highly encourage you check out that as well as all the other no fine shows on noise space that's uh noise space uh dot xyz uh where you can find all the uh shows on that network um i am a part of the indie source indie network uh you can find us on twitter at uh indie net or indie if you want to find all the shows that are part of this network uh you can find me on twitter as well at uh brn hoff for most if not all my creative endeavors aside from my music i also make music as cave point uh that's at cave point music on twitter and cave point uh dot bandcamp.com for all that stuff but that is the end of our show uh and until next time i still do not have a sign off for the show and so we're just going to have to end it <laughs> this way until next time battle there you go that, that works goodbye everybody See ya. it's called a road it's called a rainbow road it is a road that you go it's called a road it's called a rainbow road and you will know when you get there it's called a road it's called a rainbow road it is a road that you go it's a road that you go when you die. It's a road called Rainbow Road. It's a road we're all gonna go. It's a road called Rainbow Road. It's got Princess Peach, Mario, and the Toad. It's a road called Rainbow Road. It's a road we're all gonna go. We'll go. It's Rainbow Road. It's where you go when you die. It's Rainbow miss you again uncle it's rainbow road it's where you go when you die it's rainbow road i'll miss you again It's called a rainbow road, it is a road that you go.